Hey, Real Nerds listeners, your favorite host, Ryan, here to remind you that social media is great. How great is it? There's many ways you can find the Real Nerds on social media. You can download us on iTunes. You can listen to us streaming on Stitcher Radio. You can call us 720-6Nerds5. Oh, man, our website is so cool. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You want to leave some fan mail? Oh, that's so easy, realnerds at gmail.com. Twitter, we got it, at real underscore nerds. You can even like us on Facebook. Thank you so much, and hey, enjoy the show. Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast at Denver Comic Con 2015 and beyond. My name is Ryan, and I'm your host. And with me is the one, the only, the incredibly handsome, Aww. ladies, James Hart. James, how's it going, buddy? Uh, pretty good. I got my hair cut. I know you look. You look like a professional today. Uh, yeah. Well, I've I've um, I've been particularly haggard mm-hmm. for a little while. Um, but I, you know, I just decided I wanted to not look like a homeless man anymore. You know what's weird? When I need a haircut, I don't realize it until it's too late. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? Yes, you I know, do it all the time. I'll, I'll say, "Oh, my hair looks good today," and then I'll be looking to my left or right, and I'll see hair, and I'm like, "What the hell?" Yeah, time for a haircut. <laughs> yeah, I look like a clown. I think it grows too fast now. So a couple of years ago, my mom like. Uh, she just, we were sitting at the table one day and she just looked at me and she goes, is your hair thinning? And it's not, I mean, it, it thinned a little bit during college, but it's not like I'm, I'm not going bald. No, it it just got thinner. Um, cause I used to have really, really thick hair, but she made me like oddly self-conscious. So I started using this weird shampoo that makes it grow fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I, I feel like I have to get my hair cut like every couple of months, Maybe, which do you want me to tell you a story to make you feel it's better probably about like that? a normal person's schedule, but so my brother Cody, when yeah. he was 17, 18, I forget, would always be in his room, like, laying down, playing video games. And oh. it gave him, like, a bald spot, like, on the back of his head. No shit. So he had to get that shampoo and put in his hair to, like... Uh, to grow the hair back to out. To grow the hair. It stimulated, I guess, the yeah. hair follicles or something. Uh-huh. And so, yeah. So it's good to be worth so, you know. Oh, man. Yeah, but at least he got to play video games for a long time. Yeah. I just I got to be anxious. And old. Well, that's true, too. Yeah. Dude, old? if you look on this, uh, I have like gray hairs on my sideburns and going up to my temple. And oh no, well you are old. I am old. Yeah, older than dirt. Man, sucks. You know we've been almost doing this for like four years. Yeah, I know. It's ridiculous. Coming up on our two hundredth episode. We are. We I should do two, something. I think for our two hundredth episode is actually Avengers. No shit. Yeah, because this is one eighty nine. We so. should do the math and figure that out. Yeah, because if that's true, that's the coolest shit that's ever happened. <laughs> right. So, uh, we'll plan something cool. Um, it'll be in May for sure. I know that. Oh my God. Um, because we still have March and April, which is eight weeks and we have two weeks left in February, right? I'm pretty sure it's Avengers. Okay. We need to get this podcast moving so that when we're done, we can do some math here. (laughs) I'm pretty sure it's Avengers, but you know, maybe, maybe it's miss it by one week. God damn it. But anyways, every week we go see a new movie. We podcast our experience to the world. Mm -hmm. This week we saw Jupiter Ascending, which was supposed to come out seven months ago. Yeah. Eight months ago. Well, like they needed to add 3D to it. Yeah. And have it make money. I don't know if it's going to work out. <laughs> I was reading 
the Hollywood Reporter. I, I stopped going to Slash Film and I started going to Hollywood Reporter. The only bummer is is Hollywood Reporter is more of business. Yeah. So you don't get good news all the time. But yeah. they're saying that SpongeBob is going to beat it this week. There's fewer rumors and stuff like that. Yeah. You know? But uh, yeah. Okay. But is SpongeBob still popular? Yeah, I guess. Okay. They're projecting to do like 35 million. That's that's okay. a lot. Uh, but this coming up Sunday at the Alamo Draft House in Denver, if you notice, Brad isn't here, but He's Brad not. is putting the finishing touches on the Alamo premiere of Jean-Claude Van Damme's Damn Van, Hell yeah. which you can purchase tickets right now on alamodenver.com. Tickets are only a dollar, and I think he's sold like 70% of them. Oh, shit. I haven't bought my ticket yet. I need to go buy know, one. Me too. Shit. Keep on spacing. Uh, so, yeah. And this is a if it's a fun movie, and he also has uh, some skits and things planned for the, cool. the release, so it should be good times. Speaking of which, we're debuting a brand new segment this week. Really? Yeah. This is what's happening at the Alamo this week, brought to you by our friend Steve, who is the programming director of Alamo Denver. Take a listen. Anderson centric this week. Very cool. So, ba- uh, so when this plays, um, folks, just know that it basically runs to the end of the next week. So this goes to basically February fifteenth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, February fifteenth. Cool. So log on to alamodenver.com. <laughs> they always have specials going on. In fact, uh, Fifty Shades of Grey comes out next week, and for Valentine's Day, they're doing dinner in the movie. And it's a hundred bucks a ticket, so it better be pretty awesome. Yeah, the dinner will probably be really good. They have oh, really yeah. good food Sounds there. Good. That's cool. Yeah, I love that place. I was there tonight, and it was really good. I know. I'm jealous. Yeah, my wife's in school right now, so I can't like go Friday nights. Yeah, and I miss it. <laughs> the Alamo is the place to be to see movies. <sighs> yeah, in 
uh, the years we've been doing this, I think it's been open for a little over a year now. Almost. No, two no, years. No, two years. Yeah, two years. Two years in April, yeah. So two years, and it's helped make the movie-going experience better. Oh, yeah. Not that movie experiences are bad. I'm just saying that it, it's better there. It's It has spoiled me, that's for sure. Yeah, it embraces the movie-going yeah. experience. Like and last week when we went and saw uh, Whiplash, Brad and I saw it at the, at the Denver West Theater, and just like... Like some of the general whispers of a normal, and then the chairs aren't very like, comfortable. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just I'm not at home. Whereas the Alamo for me, I'm at home there. It really does feel like I'm just you know this is my you know my yeah. living room where I where I go to watch all the new movies coming out. So make sure you check that out. Hopefully they'll become a regular feature. Uh, yeah. Sue's going to try to call in every week. It's hard for him because he's programming a whole theater. Right. So yeah. if he doesn't, no worries. But if he does, we'll bring you that treat where you get. Basically, a personalized message from Steve, the creative director of Alamo. So, too cool. So that's really awesome. Um, so, what do you want to start with, James? Uh, let's start with the news. Sweet. It's real news. What's going on in Tinseltown? Um, not a whole lot. Uh, you're a Legend of Zelda fan, right? I am a Legend of Zelda fan. Do you want to watch a Legend of Zelda Netflix TV show? Uh, oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> the, the, what's cool about The Legend of Zelda, it does lend itself to a narrative, which would be fun. Uh-huh. Because if you don't know, The Legend of Zelda is basically telling the same story over and over again. But mm-hmm. with they change the locations and the characters and the gameplay mechanics. So it could be fun. I... Uh, I mean, I'm sure you you would have to just be like a, a sort of fun, kid friendly, like fantasy yeah. show, right? Like, I think finding the tone for it would be really hard. Yeah, because you know the thing that scares me is you're going to get the one guy who says, and, and actually I'll talk about it in a second, but who will say that you you're need like get that Majora's uh, Mask yeah, motherfucker yeah. who's just like I need a dark Zelda movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just one of those things that like I've I've actually never played one of the Zelda games, and so when I saw it, I was like, I don't really know what that would consist of. Oh, actually, that's not true. I played a little bit of Twilight Princess um, and ran around and, and swung my sword and picked up chickens and you know shit like that. But um, it, it's a neat idea, and I really love that Netflix is like going all out and making yeah. some pretty edgy stuff. But I just don't know what it means. Um, well, yeah, I think you have to make it fun. I think you have to make it kind of whimsical. I don't know. It that should be. Oh, it should be Avatar. Yeah, that's what it should be. Because the guys who you know now that that Legend of Korra is over, um, Brian De, Dante De Martino and the the other guy whose name I don't remember as well, um, they've sort of said like they're kind of done with Avatar. Like they've done seven seasons of that show now. Like and they've told a lot of the story they want to tell. Um, but one of the things that was always really great about that and what was so bad about the M Night Shyamalan movie was that. They, there wasn't as much like heart and whimsy in it. Yeah. And that show was really good at being whimsical and fun and then also having like badass action scenes and like just some cool stuff in it. So those guys would be really cool. I mean, I don't know if they're doing it. I guess I actually, I just closed the article. I don't know if they're doing it as live action or animated. I'm, I'm you know, I, I think that animated has got to be the way to go. And if you, if you, yeah, used, that's the, that's the problem with, I don't, I, I, like I said, striking a tone with that's so hard mm-hmm. because it lends itself really well to a gameplay narrative where, I mean, Link doesn't say a word in any game. Right. So do you, I, I, I don't know. Do yeah. you make Link like maybe like Legolas? I can see that. Uh, um, 
but you got to make him a character. You have to. I mean, the story in all Zeldas is he's basically a little farm boy who stumbles into this adventure, right? Which would work. Yeah, I think it's one of those where you've you've got to distance yourself from the actual video game story you just to. enough that you can re- tell a real story. Yeah, you, you have. Know? You know, you could make it where. I mean, basically, the struggle is always Ganondorf is trying to either kidnap Zelda or, you know, take over Hyrule, which you could do. Mm. You could have him be some invading tyrant or something. I don't know. I mean, there's Kokobos. Yeah. Or like there's uh, Skull skull Tarantulas. There you Um, go. There's chickens you can pick up and run around. Um, Yeah. Whatever. Like. You just as long as the 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 sort of universe feels authentic, I think you you've got to create some real characters. And that's not to say that yeah. some video games don't have really amazing stories. I mean, I've talked about that, but in this case, this is one of those yeah. where it's not built to have real characters. You know, honestly, I think Majora's Mask might make the best story. That would be kind of for cool. a Zelda game. Yeah. I mean, a Zelda movie because you have the ticking clock of the, the moon crashing. Because the other games, I mean, they're literally, you're just this boy, and you go on this adventure to save Zelda. Right. The story's not that deep. And th- along the way, you help different races of people. You swing a sword, you pick up rupees. Yeah. And the games are great and well yeah. done, but as like a uh, movie narrative, it's not The Last of Us. The the dog has your shoe. I know. That's his He's thing. just walking around with it. He's yeah, just like, you know what? Hey, hey, did you lose your shoe, Brian? <laughs> I have it for you. I don't want to tease people, but Brad might stop by. I know he was texting me. Oh, really? Yeah. So maybe okay. we'll see. Yeah. Well, let's get this show done before he gets <laughs> yeah, here. Right. Just, uh, so we can. So I, I was reading this article though, and it's not news, but it cracked me up. Yeah. Um, David Kep, who wrote Jurassic Park, and mm-hmm. what did he direct that we just talked about? Oh shit! Mordecai. Shit. So he directed Mordecai. Did he really? Yeah. And oh, he was talking about what he would have done with Spider Man. Where he'd take it to an R-rated level, and I was saying, "What? Okay." Again, again, someone who doesn't understand Spider-Man at all. Well, uh, well hold on, hold on, hold on. Well, what was going to be R-rated about it? Like, was was there going to be banging? I, I hope not. Or was there going to be like? Well, what? How much violence do you need in a Spider-Man movie? I don't know, but I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to show Craven blow his brains out. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, what else is in news? Uh, I, don't <laughs> I don't know. That's now the most fascinating thing. Did you see the Daredevil trailer? Uh, no, I didn't watch it yet. Is it cool? Uh, yeah. How, what do the production values look like? Uh, they're a little low. Yeah. Shoot. Man. Uh, I, I, the idea is cool. I mean, Daredevil's a cool character. Yeah, he can be. And um, I, I'm still... I don't I don't think the Ben Affleck one's as bad as people remember it. I think it's pretty bad, but yeah. You should, if you get the director's cut, it's better. But That's what I've heard. But I don't think it's that bad. And this, I mean, it looks interesting. I'll watch it. Right. I mean, all the episodes will be streaming. And, you know, production value is not everything. You know, at the end of the day, if they don't have that much money, like what they're what they're trying to do is is going to be more. Um, it's going to be it's it's tough if you don't have a huge budget, right? Yeah. Even even uh, Agents of Shield, like they're. It's There's, actually pretty common on that show mm-hmm. that, the, that the production values aren't as high as you'd like them to be. Uh, but the standard is too high, right? Like, the standard is Avengers, mm-hmm. and you're never going to be able to, to match that. Um, so it's probably unfair to ask that. Yeah. But it as just, long as the writing is good and some of the action is cool, like, that's probably all I need. Th- that's the thing that scares me, too, is Marvel's TV is head up by Jeff Loeb. 
Oh, who, shit. if he writes Spider-Man Blue or Hulk Gray or Daredevil He's Yellow, awesome. is great. But when he does... Heroes. Yeah. And monthly stuff, it's not as good. Mm-hmm. And people will say, oh, what about uh, Hush and Batman? Uh, that was originally a graphic novel, and Jim Lee was able to finish it and make it a monthly thing. So... Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. I I don't. I mean, I, I mean, can't judge it too he's much. He's also involved in Agents of Shield right now. So, and then mm. I, I like Agents of Shield. It's gotten it. It continually gets better in my mind. Um, but I, I don't know how much of that is influenced by you know Zach Whedon and and that whole plan. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I'm absolutely, of course, I'm going to watch it. It's on Netflix. Like, well, I, of course, like. What else am I going to do? Yeah, it, that's the thing. I mean, they're going to put it on. It'll be, you know, 10 hours or eight hours or whatever it is. Right. And I, I don't want to judge it, obviously, because it's not out. It's just there's a couple shots where he's walking through an alley, I guess, and you can tell it's like a set. Hmm. And I don't know if it's – I mean, it's the, it doesn't come out for a few months. Maybe it's just, you know, yeah. a rough cut. And, that's, yeah, that could be. And I don't want to judge it. But, I mean, he looks cool. Cool. And he looks like a ninja. He doesn't look like Daredevil yet, but – Cool. My guess is he eventually Sure. Well It's a TV yeah. show. You gotta have something to tell. Um so Lionsgate is you remember John Wick, right? Yeah. They're gonna make more of those. Nice. And they wanna make like a franchise sort of thing out of it. Which at first I was like, I mean, okay, yeah, you're gonna sort of like take in this little mm-hmm. story. But the truth is, you remember there was all that weird ass shit about yeah. like the hotel of and assassins the Mario coins. where everything was safe. Yeah, the Mario coins. All of, all of a sudden, I started thinking about it going like, okay, yeah, yeah, you could turn that into something like, you know, build that universe it, yeah. out. You can make a franchise out of this. <laughs> <laughs> like Keanu was spot on. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, so I'm actually like... I'd be on board. You know, I like John Wick. Yeah, No, I did too. And I, um, I've said on the show a couple weeks ago, or whenever the Blu-ray came out, with that Blu-ray's eight bucks... I'm buying it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, not not bad at all, honestly. Um, so I, I actually I think that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I didn't know it did so well that you're thinking about doing a franchise out of it. I guess I maybe it, critically it did I, well. I, I think it probably didn't cost that much money either. Yeah. You know? Um, much like Taken, where, like, Taken did well, but it's not like it was... Well, know, that's, that's why, you know, Liam Neeson kind of came back, because he started doing those 20... Twenty-five million dollar movies mm-hmm. that would make eighty million dollars. Yeah. Um, and then the very last thing that I've got here is uh, you. You haven't gotten a chance to see the Poltergeist trailer yet, have you? I have. Oh, okay, cool. Um, I actually like. So there were there were two horror movie trailers before the the movie that we saw tonight. Um, it was Poltergeist, and then what was the other one? Shit. Uh, they follow. Did you see the trailer for They Follow? Or It Follows? It Follows, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the Cannes Film Festival. That It Follows is getting is 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, so that kind of looked cool. And then I even thought that the Poltergeist one looked... Like, you know, people have been talking about this for years. I know, I can't um, believe it's actually been made. Yeah, but, uh, like, the cast is pretty cool. Like, some of those effects and, and some of the moments in that look pretty awesome. Um yeah, it's interesting because you're taking – I haven't seen Poltergeist in so long. But yeah. You're taking an iconic horror movie and a, – A Steven Spielberg movie, if you will. Uh, Toby Hooper. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, just, yeah. saying. Just, just saying. Yeah. Let's put it out might, there. Might be the first time anybody's remade a Steven Spielberg movie. Just saying. Just going to throw <laughs> it out there. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm down. I mean, that movie is, what, 40 years old almost? I mean. Oh, wow, really? Oh, shit. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So. Man. I'm down. Yeah. It, it, it doesn't look bad. You know, it. I like that last shot. Like, the, the last shot yeah. where the little girl's like, Mom, something's wrong. And then, like, something about the way she gets whipped up the stairs is just cool. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I mean, I wasn't scared, but I also don't like horror movies. So. I don't think horror movies are scary, so. I think some of them are scary. I think some are unsettling, but. Yeah. Did you see the leaked footage of the original ending to Evil Dead? No. Oh, yeah, you should see it. It's interesting. Really? I always knew there was a different ending to it because... The original Evil Dead? Oh, no, uh, the, the remake. The remake. So in the poster, remember, is Mia is, spoilers, walking on a street and her hand is chopped off. And as, and there's a shot of it in the trailer. I said, that was never in the movie. So I don't know how it was uncovered, but it's been posted on the internet this week as the original ending to Evil Dead. Huh. Yeah. Cool. Well, well, what what happens? Uh, you'll have to log on and see. I can't describe it. <laughs> okay. Because I don't remember. But you can look at it. It's interesting. Oh, oh. Well, hold on, hold okay. on. Here D- we go. You describe it to people. This is this is a wonderful podcast in in the making. Uh, so I see boots, and she's walking along the street. Yep. Remember that. Uh huh. And her hands all bloody, and she's like, oh, oh man, this is the worst thing ever. And she's just walking, and she falls down in the middle of the street. Is a car going to come and, like, chop her arm off? Oh, and a truck, a truck pulls up, and, and somebody's in the truck, and they're getting out. This is the worst radio anyone's ever heard. Oh, her hand's already cut off. When did she cut her hand off? Remember, it gets pinned in the Jeep. Oh, that's right. And then the old guy's there. And he's like, old man is driving her to the hospital. And then, then what? And we're we're just zooming in on her face. Oh shit! Her eyes gonna open up, and she's evil. Okay. <laughs> I always knew there was a different ending to it. Uh, I don't like that. If you listen to uh, Fetty Alvarez, who directed it, yeah, on the commentary, he talks about that there's a way nastier cut of the film, and huh. it's going to be released on Blu-ray, and it's been two years. Hmm. That's too bad. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't seem like I don't know. I I love that movie. I know. Uh, Shockingly, that doesn't that doesn't. And that movie's scary. I yes. think that, I think that's the last movie that actually scared me. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah. I don't even know if it scared me as much as it like. I guess scared just from it was it's just intense. Yeah. I mean, it, it really gets you going when she's in the the room and she's in the corner and she says. We have got to get out of here. Yeah. And it, I don't yeah. know the way she says it is There's terrifying. Something in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I want to watch that movie. I know. Again. I might watch it tonight. Uh, yeah. It's just uh, some of the brutality in that movie is really effective. Yeah. The kneecap, the tongue, oh, yeah. like the kneecap especially. Um, it's just cool. Uh, and I just, it's one where I actually like those characters, I mm. care about those people. They do a really good job of investing me in them and using using sort of the overall horror, the idea of that 
that horror monster and tying it into why the kids are in the woods. Mm -hmm. You know, like the idea that I can sit here and think about like what the what the evil in the woods that comes out of the ground there at the end and how that react or how that mirrors her like drug addiction. Yeah. Like that I just the fact that I can talk that way about a horror movie, pretty cool. Yeah. You know You know, it was interesting we were talking to Steve about having real nerds present at Alamo. Yeah. And I you know, Brad wants to do Samurai Cop first. And oh. and I was thinking that Army of Darkness should be first. Because that's, that's a movie bad. would people would, I think would oh, come out. Oh, people would see. totally come out and see Army of Darkness. Hell yeah! And have it at the Alamo. Yeah. And have you know Deadite something like Deadite soup. You get some fake eyeballs floating. Yeah. In. Yeah. Um, that would be awesome. That's yeah. a, that's not a bad choice. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Because that would definitely get people out. Uh, so. If you think you would come out and see Army of Darkness. Give us a shout. Yes. And if you don't want to see Army of Darkness, I don't like you anymore. Right. Yeah, seriously. It's my favorite movie ever. But we'd have to figure out how to get the Boomstick Edition so that you could watch the better ending. Yeah. I think it's a better ending. Well, we could always do a show of the film and then afterwards say, here's the original ending. And oh, there you go. Put it in. And yeah. Because yeah, I have, too. I think the Blu-ray actually has the alternate ending on it. The Screwtape Edition? Yeah. Or the Screwhead Edition, I mean? It's a special feature, but it's... Oh, man. Whatever. This is the number one movie in the box office this week. This is the box office stats. Our real news really like derailed there. It did. That's yeah. all right. It's, it's our okay. podcast. We can do whatever we want. Uh, the number one movie again was American Sniper with thirty million. Mm-hmm. The movie we saw, Whiplash. I don't remember the place, but it was seven hundred and twenty thousand. It was twenty first. <laughs> it's not in very many theaters, though. No, no, no. Uh, what did you say? It's uh, 720,000. Yeah, that that's what I said? said. Oh, okay. I thought you said 20,000. 720. Um, yeah. Uh, but a friggin' awesome movie and probably no. better than every single thing above it on the list. <laughs> honestly. Um, yeah, man. Or at least better than 95% of the things above it. Go see, if Whiplash is near you, go see Whiplash. I think it comes out on Blu ray in like two weeks. It's definitely one you should get. Yeah. Yeah. You should. Um, bunch of people. Well, no, I was about to say if a bunch of people saw Project Almanac. That's not true. It just came in number two, but no one actually <laughs> like saw eight it. million, right? Uh huh. Yeah, it's not good. Barely beat Paddington. It was like which American I heard is Sniper. a great movie. I have two. I kind of feel like I need to go see I Paddington. Know, me too, because I saw American Sniper because people told me it was a great movie and they're liars. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so maybe you should stop listening to people. Uh, what are we doing next? Blu-ray. Sure. DVD releases and Blu-rays. What do you uh, What do you got pre-ordered this week? I have 101 Dalmatians. Yes, you do. Diamond edition, uh, which is kind of cool. I might even yeah. pick this one up. I don't usually pick up a lot of the today. They announced DVD. Aladdin on coming out on Diamond no Blu-ray. Shit. October sixth. That one I'll buy. That yeah. one I'll definitely buy. You know, I can't wait. Uh, Nightcrawler is out on Blu-ray this week, which you didn't get a chance. No, to see I that, need to you? see that. Yeah, I, I think it's worth checking out. Yeah, uh, I don't know that it's a movie. I don't even know if I will buy it. Um, but it's one that sort of stuck with me and just for Jake Gyllenhaal, it's worth, mm. it's worth seeing. Um, cause he's fucking crazy, man. Uh, Alexander and the terrible, no good, very bad day with Steve Carell Steve and Jennifer Brown. Garner. So if you missed that, <laughs> good for you. Um, and Jerry Mariner's got a movie called kill the messenger, which is some kind of action movie I've heard about that. Yeah. yeah I've I, never heard of this before. No, I 
don't remember anything about it, but I have heard of it. He's got a goatee. So if you like Jeremy Renner and a goatee and long hair, check that shit out. Uh, Rosewater, which is the movie starring, um, oh shit, what's his name? The Gael guy. Yeah. Uh, Garcia? Yes. Yes. Um, which was like a, man, I saw trailers for it and it looked interesting. John Stewart's movie. Yes. Right. Uh, so yeah, check that out. That's a, that's that one that like when I told people like, you know, then they asked me like, Oh, have you seen Rosewater yet? And I was like, no, not yet. And they were like, Oh, that's John <laughs> Stewart's movie. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Like, did- My cousin Lisa really <laughs> liked it. Good. She saw it at Telluride. Cool. And she did a selfie with John Stewart. No. I don't know if she's I- on her way to the bathroom, but <laughs> <laughs> Um And then did you see Laggies? Who was it saw Laggies? Brad mm-hmm. saw Laggies. Yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah. Um doesn't so, sound like a movie I'd see. Yeah, Laggies with uh Keira Knightley and Chloe Grace Moretz and Sam Rockwell. That comes out this week. Uh, yeah, Brad saw it. I think. Anyway. Um so check those out. Not a whole lot though. Nope. There's some Sailor Moon. Nice. Okay. <laughs> yeah. If, if you're down. But yeah, I mean the big one's 101 Dalmatians because sure. it's the first time on Blu-ray. Really? Where, yeah, where it's, it's weird. Sleeping Beauty's been on twice. Hmm. And Cinderella's been on twice. Well, and 101 Dalmatians is like one of those staples of my generation. Yeah, it's it's one of those movies. Walt Disney didn't like it very much. Really. Um, when it was being made because he thought it wasn't animated well. Uh, through that time... I think it's really cool. Yeah, through that time, Walt Disney uh, was not in love with animation because Sleeping Beauty almost cost him a studio because yeah. it cost him like $8 million or something to make, which in 1957 for an animated feature is... Yeah. You know, so he, uh, he told him, okay, well, we got to make something simple. And he did the same thing, actually. He... He's so driven. It's interesting. He made Pinocchio, and Pinocchio was actually uh, a flop when it first came out because Hmm. it cost so much money. And originally when they made it, they scrapped it and started over. And then he made, what was after Pinocchio? Bambi. And Bambi didn't do that well. Subsequently, they did because he would re-release them. And then he was so fed up. He's like, well, you just make a movie, and we need to make it cheap. What about this book we bought, Dumbo? And so they made Dumbo, and it's you know one of the most cherished movies in Disney. And Dumbo's a beautiful movie. Mm. Um, and 101 Dalmatians is the same thing, where he wasn't in love with it. He kind of was hands-off on it. And then when he saw the finished product, he kind of fell in love with it. Hmm. Um, yeah, I've always liked it. It was it was one of my favorites as a kid. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah, me either. I, I remember I, I always wanted to name my dog Pogo, though. So, I mean, I guess, I guess it stuck with me. Yeah, you know, when I've talked many times about my fears of et when i was a kid if if my parents were like going out or something mm-hmm. and and so jake and i were were left to fend for ourselves we'd get like a tombstone pizza and nice. cook that shit up and they then, still make those uh i don't know maybe they're probably still garbage like it's a three dollar pizza I, I remember my dad would give those to us when we watch movies too as tombstones yeah, yeah. um and we thought it was cool because of the name yeah, like, oh, Tombstone. Yeah, it's well, because there was like a there was a wrestler named Tombstone. <laughs> yeah. Like I think or Gravedigger, one of those guys. <laughs> Undertaker. I don't know. Undertaker, sure. Like it was just cool in the thir- in the nineties to be like, <laughs> yeah. you know, what do you want on your tombstone? Remember those commercials? Yeah. <laughs> Pepperoni and sausage. <laughs> do I actually have any choices? Because there's only three flavors in the freezer at the King Supers. I know, isn't it like cheese, I pepperoni, mean, sorry, and pepperoni, sausage? Did I say King Supers? I meant Cub Foods. <laughs> Oh, a, man, cup foods. Yeah, that, was a, that one was a deep cut. That is a deep cut. Um, That's a deep Colorado cut right so, there. <laughs> right. Uh, 
So Jake and I would literally flip a coin, and if he won, we watched TT, and if I won, we usually watched 101 Dalmatians. Um, And what's great, too, is, as you can see from my collection, is I usually buy every Disney Mm Blu-ray, because Disney does Blu-rays really well. Yeah. I love the opening sequence of that movie, I think, is really Oh, yeah. It's It's fantastic. Yeah. So. So buy 101 Dalmatians before it goes back in the vault. Yeah. For 10 years. Yeah, I'll probably pick that one up. Um, Yeah. Cool. That's it. Awesome. So. What have you been watching? <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of the segments we haven't done yet. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Uh, what'd you watch this week, James? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, I've been having a hard time getting a hold of, um, of this season of It's Always Sunny. So I finally got to watch some of that online. And um, Did you watch Charlie work? I started it last night. It might be the most brilliant episode of Sunny there ever been. You know, I I feel bad because <laughs> I I literally I started it. I watched the first four episodes last night, and I was maybe ten minutes into it, and I fell asleep while I was watching it, and so I didn't get to finish it. But what I've heard is, yeah, that it is maybe the most amazing episode they've ever done. It, it's funny. I used to do that all the time before I was married. Um, is I was had a TV and a DVD in my room, and I'd always put seasons in of some TV show. And it used to be I would grab Friends or It's Always Sunny, and I just literally just put them in, close it, and then watch it. And then I'd fall asleep, and it'd be on the DVD menu like a couple hours later because I'd mm-hmm. fall asleep watching it. Yeah, I don't do it as much anymore, but Always Sunny is one I would always put in. And I've I've said it before. I've watched every season of that show probably two dozen times at least because of that. Mm-hmm. Because that's it's a show that like is so good it's like a warm blanket yep like i've watched it so many times that i can just turn it on and i just enjoy listening to those characters i think why it works so well too is they don't really you don't really have to have continuity with it no you can put in any episode and just watch it oh yeah it it doesn't matter yep yep i don't i'm trying to even think how Um, many episodes they have more than uh, one part i know nightman uh the the um uh, sorry, the high school reunion yep. is two parts. Uh, oh, Mac, Mac and Mac and Den- or Mac and uh, Charlie die yep. is two parts. And then the Nightman episode, I think there's only like three or four. Uh-huh. The Christmas episode is, I mean, a movie. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, uh, so far it's a great season. Still really like that show. Um, and I'm gonna go home and finish that episode. <laughs> that episode nice. four from this week and i'm sure it'll be fucking amazing it is um but uh yeah i, I rewatched the hangover this week because i got the mm-hmm. i got all three of them on blu-ray at Tradesmart for cheap and i even got the the steelbook edition of the first one nice um and it was only okay like yeah. I, I i've enjoyed those every time we've seen them in theaters and then like for some reason returning to it i was just not like hmm. i don't know it was all right I think maybe when uh, like maybe there's more shock and awe in those movies than I think there is, and so I maybe remember. when I return to, have you watched them very often since? Um, I I remember I remember last time I saw the first one. I mean, I I own it. Yeah, but I I remember it's still fun. I don't remember. I yeah. Again, it's. But I mean, I think I see so many movies now that. Yeah, <laughs> I made an unfair comparison because I then put in Twenty One Jump Street, and of course, like that movie's just brilliance all day long. Yeah. So. That's probably unfair, but I don't know. For some reason, it was it was slightly disappointing because I was just looking for something kind of fun and mindless, mm-hmm. and because uh, I think that was 
it was Sunday night, and I was just, oh, yeah, yeah, because instead of the Super Bowl, I just wanted to play video games, and then, like, I ended up just laying in bed and watching a movie and kind of wanted to just fall asleep early, and so I was just watching that, and I don't know, it was it was okay. It's fun. Yeah, but uh, honestly, that's pretty much everything I watched this week. Yeah, I don't watch too much either. I've been watching a lot of Friends. Uh, look for my article. I'm going to grade every episode of Friends. You're a fucking madman. I know. It's going to take me forever. But <laughs> I have nothing else to do. And uh, <laughs> besides watch my kid, but, you know, whatever. Um, He's an infant. He can't get away that fast. I yeah. He, he only rolls now. It's pretty crazy. He's rolling Aww. all over the place. Oh, but he's not really crawling yet. No, he's, he's just gonna, like it's going to be soon, though. He keeps on lifting his butt up. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's going to be pretty soon. Uh, one of my favorite old horror movies that I discovered recently is called The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually remade last year and it yeah. kind of went away. It was only on VOD and maybe one or two theaters. Hmm. And by the time, I don't know how to say this, by the time I wanted to watch it, uh, it was only available to buy digitally. So, you know, it's fifteen dollars oh, and I was, I don't yeah. want to own a digital movie for fifteen bucks. Yeah. So I'd keep on searching about once a week to see if it ever come come out on Blu ray and I still haven't seen if it's ever gonna be released on Blu ray. Hmm. But they put it on Netflix. Uh, oh good. So I watched that this week and yeah, it's actually pretty good. So which one was the town of the dreaded sundown? Um, or just tell me what the story of the remake is and yeah. Okay, so it's not even really a remake though. It actually I don't know how to describe this. The, the 2014 The Town That Dreaded, which I think is a great name for a movie, by the way, The yes. Town That Dreaded Sundown. Um, so in the original The Town That Dreaded Sundown is actually based on a true story in Texarkana, which is on the Texas and Arkansas border, and where this man in uh, the burlap sack would terrorize young children or teenagers when they'd go to like Lover's Lane, and he ended up killing three or four of them. And he got away. And it's so, like a Zodiac. Yeah, but, you know, Hollywood really dramatized it. And um, yeah. and the original from 1974 is kind of weird because uh, they there's this really weird slapstick comedy interspersed with the horror. So it's really uneven. But the horror is really good. I mean, there's a part where, in the original, where you know the killer's out and this guy is in... His, uh, this people are in his house and he shows up with a gun and he just starts like chasing around and shooting them. So, I mean, it's pretty terrifying. <clears throat> so this, the 2014 is acknowledges that the movie existed and now there's basically a copycat of the movie. So the movie opens with these two high schoolers that go to this lover's lane and the one kid is murdered. Um, the, the guy and the girl is let to live like in the original um, and she has to tell everybody about, uh, the killer. And so it creates this fear throughout the town and he ends up killing a lot more people and it's pretty violent. I mean, there's a part where this Navy guy comes home from leave and him and his girlfriend hook up in a hotel and he goes out to get ice and he doesn't come back for a little bit. So she's looking for him and he, the killer ends up like ramming a severed head through the window and he chases her through the bathroom and she jumps out and she ends up breaking her leg and like the bones poking through her leg. Uh. And she gets into her car and she locks the door and he comes running up and she didn't lock the passenger door. So he just rips open the passenger door and slices her up and blood flies. It's pretty violent. Um, I don't know why this wasn't released in theaters, honestly. Um, it's pr- 
pretty scary. Um, I hate throwing that word around because I don't get scared. But yeah, it's it, it's intense. It's not for everybody, right? Um, because it has a lot of meta references to it. But you would say it seems better than a lot of the other like shovel horror that oh, tends yeah. to get released. Yeah, like, because uh, it has it also has some flair to it. The director makes some interesting choices where he'll have. Um, let's say the girl's bringing up because she's trying to solve the murders of the original, not the movie, but the original killer. Right. And so she'll be reading stuff, and she'll, they'll show you like the newspaper headlines that were reflecting in her eyes, and lots of interesting things. And the director also intercuts the original movie into it. Hmm. It's really interesting choices that he's made um, throughout the film, and it's pretty effective. I'd actually like to see a Blu-ray with a commentary by him. Yeah. So, yeah, if you want to check it out, I mean, it does have a couple twists in it. Um, and, I mean, there's <laughs> the, the probably the most suspenseful part is the one girl, you know, she decides she's going to leave town because the killer's, like, terrorizing her and her friends. And so she decides she's going to go to college and she's just going to pack up and leave in the middle of the night. You know, <laughs> she's actually a smart person. She's like, I'm not going to stay here anymore. I'm going to get the hell out of here. Um, and so she goes into the gas station and while her grandma is filling up her car and you hear a couple of gunshots and you go out there and the, the killer's like sniping people. Huh. Uh, and so it's really interesting because it's a slasher movie, but he's actually shooting people. Yeah. <laughs> and it, Ed Herman's in it, you know, and he just passed away. So huh. he plays a preacher, which it, it's kind of fun because you think he might be the killer. And is he? I don't know. Watch the movie. Uh, and the last thing I watched is uh, Top Gun. Continuing my Tom Cruise-a-thon. Awesome. And, I think you're dangerous. <laughs> yeah. There's... That movie's so much fun. It's it's really corny, mm-hmm. but it's maybe the first bromance movie. You have, to, you have to sort of approach it on its own terms. Yeah, because, I mean, there's some great moments. You know, the part where they're in the bar and they're picking up Kelly McGillis's character. Yeah. Charlie is still one of the best. You know, he comes. You know, Tom Cruise's character Maverick says she's lost that love and feeling. No, no, she hasn't lost that love and feeling. And they just start singing to her. Yeah, stuff like that's really fun. Um, it's got one of my favorite, honestly, one of my favorite lines that Meg Ryan has in that movie, uh, which is "Take me to bed or lose me forever," mm-hmm. uh, which is awesome. Yeah, I, don't know. I can't help it. And here's the thing: is you know, Tony Scott also directed Days of Thunder, and he directed Top Gun. He knows how to shoot those air uh those jets flying and then if you yes, watch days does. of thunder days of thunder is really corny but the race scenes i don't even like nascar but the race scenes because i don't know he puts the camera really low yeah and it's just you feel it you know and yeah. he did it really well at top gun as well yeah i mean even with the corny stuff like the volleyball sequence and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff like still man when spoilers for top gun but when when <laughs> the 30 year old movie when goose hits that thing and oh, die, yeah. like it's a Dude, i still get choked up movie like it's a man it's good i still get choked up uh, and then he's got to get back up there and prove he's still the top gun mm-hmm. and take out those migs yep remember when the russians were bad guys oh man russians those assholes <laughs> and i'm turning to such a softy i was watching master chef junior this week and it's a really cute show because mm-hmm. you know gordon ramsay is just trying to help these kids and this week I got choked up because there's this little boy in it named Riley and he's only eight years old and he's the littlest little boy. They, they have these mystery boxes where they have these huge mystery boxes and he has to have someone come over and pick it up for him because he's too short to lift it up. Aww. And so I posted on my Facebook feed, but there's a part uh, in this week's episode where Gordon comes up to him and he says, Hey bud, what do you want to be when you grow up? And he says, a chef. And he says, really? Who's your favorite chef? And the little boy says, you are. And Gordon says, Oh really? You want who my favorite chef is? He says, who? 
you are. And the little voice is really, and it's like, like, don't cry. Just, I don't know. It's just the way he said it. Yeah. And the, and how like the little boy just looked at him in awe saying, Oh, I'm your favorite. And it was really sad. Spoilers. He got eliminated because basically what they do is every week on MasterChef Junior is they make it a little more technical and he couldn't do a salmon on croute, which I don't even know what the hell that is. It's a salmon in a puff pastry. (laughs) I couldn't make it. So uh, it was really sad. And he, and he came up and like hugged Gordon. He was crying and it's really cute. Um, Man. And that's why MasterChef Junior is a really cute show. You should check it out. Uh, I did, I did forget something, Mm. uh, which I do want to go over really quick, which is that I got a chance this week to rewatch a movie. Uh, it's on Netflix called Miss, Miss Pettigrew lives for a day. Oh yeah. um, Which is a, Amy Adams, Francis McDormand little movie uh, that I got to see in theaters back when it came out, and I hadn't seen it since. I just remembered it being really good. And that movie's really good. Uh, it's, it's, written, it's written sort of like a, like a play where a lot of it takes place in one, or like huge sections of it takes place in one set. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically what it is is Francis McDormand plays a, uh, like a British maid, sort of, uh, who works for... She gets like temp jobs from this agency and she goes in to get one and they're like, look, I'm not giving you another temp job because you always get kicked out of these jobs because you're you're too judgmental of the people that you go to work for. Like you you've got these really high standards and feel like everybody should be very ethical uh, is basically what she's saying. And then you piss people off. Um, so, no, I'm not giving you a job. And she she sort of sees one of the leads on the on the lady's desk and ends up basically stealing it and the next day showing up for work at this woman's house or apartment and it's Amy Adams and Amy Adams is this like sort of spitfire young woman who has basically three different boyfriends right now and she's juggling all three of them to try and figure out how to um how to like get a successful life sort mm-hmm. of um, and it just follows them for that one day as she has to sort of decide which of these three boyfriends is the right one for her to mm. actually stick with. Um, and it's a really neat movie. Uh, Isn't it interesting when a movie does a thing, uh, a setting where it's only a day? Yeah. It seems so novel. Because oh, yeah. Well, and like the whole first act pretty much takes place in the apartment comp in in that apartment, you know. And it's a bit you know, there's different rooms and stuff like that. But it's it's really just a very dialogue heavy movie. Um, then there's there's a section later on where they're the, sort of the middle act where they're they're bouncing around to a couple different scenes, and then the whole last act takes place at this uh, like um, party in this sort of nightclub place. Uh, and the thing that I've skipped over is that it takes place. In the early days of World War II. Mm-hmm. And so um, some of the – there's these really neat little sections where like Francis McDormand and, and one of the older uh, gentlemen in the movie, uh, they they like pull aside and they're sort of watching. They're commenting on the, the younger generation around them who are talking about the war and when there's going to be a war and that kind of thing. And um, – <laughs> And there's just really neat little moment where I think it was it's the it's the guy who sort of says like they don't they don't remember the last one, um, mm. and you just sort of get this sense. And I don't want to go into too many too much spoilers here because the war plays a bigger part into the movie later on. But um, there is this sort of sense of doom laying over this whole like 
very tongue-in-cheek, playful story that's going mm-hmm. on um, because it kind of feels like this this little world where Amy Adams' character, uh, Delicia, her world is is very temporary and she's got to sort of realize that and grow up in this one day that she has. Um, so it's a, it's a really neat movie. It's only like an hour and a half long. It's on Netflix. You, you should just go watch it because you will get sucked in in like 10 minutes and immediately just be like, oh yeah, this is just, it's just fun to listen to them talk. It's just well-written dialogue. So for sure, check that out. Awesome. Um, usually we do comic books, but for some reason I'm behind really bad on it. Ah, dude, my stack is a short box. (laughs) Not even kidding. Yeah. Um, I will tell you to go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics and yeah. talk to Andrew. Make sure you do get a hold slot there because he will give you 20% off on all your comics. And he also gave me 20% off on any action figures I order. So No shit. Yeah. So my sexy Jason, dude, instead of 70 bucks, I got it for 50 <laughs> Sexy Jason. Uh, oh, man. It's just, a, it's just a stripper in a ski mask. Yeah. And... And I got to go this coming week because Spider-Gwen comes out, and I'm really, really excited about it. Oh, is it, it the, um, yeah, yeah, the one where she's in, like, a hoodie? Yeah, the new ongoing. Yeah. Did you see Rebecca Isaac's Spider-Gwen? No. Oh, my God, this is really good. Oh, you weren't, did I tell you that she favorited my tweet? No. Yeah. Oh, is it, oh, man. Because she uh, she posted a tweet about um, her commissioned work, mm-hmm. and one of her commissioned work was Spider-Gwen, and it is freaking awesome. Oh, she's so good. She is. She's um, so good. Denver Comic Con announced Lou Ferrigno will be back this year. Cool. So you can go see the Hulk. Um, they haven't, I haven't seen any Artist Alley people yet. Yeah, a lot of those tend to come out near the end there. I mean, a lot of them have bought and have purchased tables already. Right. But they kind of announce them slowly. Hopefully, yeah. hopefully George's will be back. Can't wait to talk to him this year because he did uh, superheroes this year. Mm-hmm. He did Batman. So maybe this year I'll have him do a Batgirl for me. Well, last year he had done, uh, he had done some Harley. Yeah. Or Joker's Daughter. I'm Joker's sorry. Daughter, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe I'll have him do a Batgirl for me this year. That'd be cool. Dude, like my Green Goblin is so terrifying. It's freaking sweet. Yeah. Great job, Georges. Um, yeah. So instead of comic books, I'll do what we've been playing. Um, I just beat Toad Treasure Tracker. <laughs> Captain oh, yeah. Toad. It, it's really cute. At the end, when you beat it, uh, Mario, Luigi, Peach, and another Toad are out and about. And I was like, whoa, I think this is the beginning to Super Mario 3D World on the wii u Mm -hmm. and it is and so they all jump you know bowser comes out of the the tube and he grabs a little fairy and so they all jump in and um and then it's you know it just stays on that tube and all of a sudden a little green star starts bouncing and it goes in the tube and then um captain toad comes running across like hey there you are and he jumps into the tube and it says to be continued in super mario 3d world (laughs) so it's a prequel (laughs) to super mario that's pretty good it's that game is fun and as it gets closer to the end, is pretty hard. Cool. Um, not hard to get past the levels, but if you actually want to do them perfectly, do them right, you know, collect all the gems. Yeah, it's pretty hard. Uh, I mean, because each level too has a little side quest. So you you have three gems in each level, and then when you beat it, you don't you don't know when you first start the level. You don't know what the quest is. It could be collect a hundred coins, or it could be find the golden mushroom, or don't take a hit, mm. or don't knock over the bridge. So you don't know. So you're kind of, as you're going through the level, you have to kind of figure out what you're doing. And the game's really, really cute. Uh, And I'm really impressed that they made a whole game based on those little mini games. And it was really fun. Cool. And um, if you have the game and you have Super Mario 3D World saved on your Wii U, you get 
50 extra levels that are bonus levels. What? Yeah. Holy shit. So in them, they take the Mario worlds and Captain Toad goes through them and it's pretty fun. That's so, cool. Yeah. So there's lots of replay value in it. Um, I, I would definitely say pick up Captain Toad if you have a Wii U. Cool. Because it's also only, I think, 35 bucks. Yeah. No, it's, a, so, it's not a full price, full price game. So, uh, yeah. And I pre-ordered uh, Mortal Kombat Collector's Edition that comes with a scorpion statue. I was really excited. The cool thing is it comes with this box that's badass. It's like all black and it has a gold band that goes around it. And so when you lift it up, it's like a treasure chest. So it's pretty sweet. Cool. What are you playing? Uh, I bought a Vita this week. Um, so oh, really? I've been playing. Yeah. Is that because yeah, yeah. you're traveling so much? Uh, that was part of it, for sure. Uh, I also just wanted to play more video games in bed. Um, <laughs> probably because I'm traveling so much. Um, but uh, yeah, I've been messing around with that a little bit. Um, playing a lot of Rogue Legacy, which is kind of cool. I, I haven't liked any of the other roguelike games, like Spelunky or anything like that. But So do you download them or do you get the actual discs so i got the disc or you know cart uh, whatever it is it's mini an, disc it's, it's an sd card is yeah. what it is um i get the disc version of assassin's creed because i really wanted to play that because it's the only assassin's creed with a woman in it and then um the other ones i've just been downloading though mm-hmm. it's dumb like they use they use a micro sd card as their as their memory card mm-hmm. but it's it's a proprietary one so you have to buy their right. one so it's like 70 bucks for for 32 gigs which is insane. Um, that's twice what an SD card, a micro SD card, is actually worth. That's why I don't like downloading stuff. Yeah, but I like it because at least that way it's just like I I, I hit play and it's there. <laughs> I did download Mega Man Seven today uh, this week though. <laughs> I've actually on my PS4. I'm getting more and more exclusive with just downloading them rather than buying the discs. Because uh, like Rayman Origins is a is a or uh, Legends I'm sorry is a good example where sometimes I just want to play a level and maybe I was watching a movie earlier that day I don't want to have to go get the disc out like you know especially with little games like that where I might only play it for 20 minutes those are the ones I really wanted mm-hmm. to be you know digital only if it's something like you know Grand Theft Auto or something like that I'm gonna sit down and play it for two hours not not a big deal to put the disc in but. <laughs> but um, on some of the smaller, like the mini games and, and just more arcadey games, for those ones for sure, I would rather just have a download version of it. Um, so yeah, uh, it, so far, far it's pretty fun. I like it. Yeah. I also got uh, Spider-Man: Edge of Time, which was the sequel to Shattered Dimensions. Which is just didn't you play that one? No, I, was, I haven't played it. Uh, I played that. That one's the one where it's just twenty ninety nine and it's amazing. Yeah, I played that one. It, uh, it's all right. Yeah. Again, it's making Venom cooler than he is, but yeah. Um, I, I like the voice actors in it. The one guy's Amazing Spider Man, Spectacular Spider Man. So, huh? yeah. and Val Kilmer's in it. <laughs> that they never mention. Like, oh, okay. I guess it's That's Val weird. Kilmer. Um, yeah, it's it's all right. Who does the twenty ninety nine voice? I'm pretty sure it's the dude from Spider Man nineties. Uh, oh, no, no, no. That was Noir. Oh, that's In right. In Shadow Dimensions, Noir was Spider-Man, uh, Amazing Spider-Man from the 90s, which was part of, well, like, reason number 18 why I really liked Spider-Man Noir. Um, <laughs> well, Shadow Dimensions is actually a pretty good game. Shadow Dimensions is a great game. Yeah. But yeah, it's fun. Whatever. I played, <laughs> cool. it, for, I played it for like three straight hours. <laughs> I, li- I like Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, cool. So... What did we see this week, Ryan? Uh, this week we went and saw Jupiter Ascending. James, should people go see the Wachowski's latest epic? 
Nope. Um, <coughs> say something nice. Say something nice. No, you shouldn't see it. Uh, the Wachowskis are really good at staging action scenes. <coughs> Except in this movie. <laughs> I was going to disagree with you until you said that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, here's the trailer. You've been taught that the birthplace of the human race is Earth. But it's not. Do you know what this will do to people when they find out the truth? I don't think that most people would want to know the truth. I do. Your planet was seeded by a brass axe industries roughly 100,000 years ago. It's one of the most powerful dynasties in the universe. There are three primary heirs. The oldest is Belem. He's the one that controls this planet and wants you dead. I'm telling you, I'm nobody. You are royalty. What about the girl? Still alive. Bring her to me. Same genes reappear in the exact same order. It is what you call reincarnation. Majesty's life is going to change if she wants it to. I'm still the same me. Right now, Balem owns the title to Earth. Once you claim it, the Earth will belong to you. I will harvest that planet tomorrow before I let her take it from me. Have you ever seen a harvest? Never. But I've heard they feel no pain. You should have told me the truth about why you wanted her. Your Majesty, I have more in common with a dog than I have with you. I love dogs. I've always loved dogs. Here we go. So, this movie's a mess. Dude, it... uh, It's more than... Like... I, this is, this is one of those movies where I had like a constant for the second half of the movie, this constant physical reaction to what was going on. Mm-hmm. It was one of those ones and you've been in the theater with me when I, when I get this yeah. way where like, cause I was sitting next to Rafe cause he went with me where I was just like, they would do things and I couldn't help but like, like just, just like yeah. move in my seat and just like tighten up and cause the dialogue is just, Oh man horrible like there's not even that much dialogue in this movie no. that's not exposition oh that's how uh, sorry i didn't mean to read, but the, no it, the thing that drove me crazy is you're watching the movie and at the beginning is you know I'm, they're setting it up and i'm yeah you you're know, forgiving whatever. it for that and you know then they show channing, Tatum, channing tatum's character and he does blah 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 blah, blah whatever he and, skates around and yeah like, and then they go ass. to see sean bean and there's Literally scenes where Mila Kunis 
all she says is, well, what does that mean? Yeah. She just keeps saying, no way. What does that mean? No way. And and then Sean Bean says something to the effect, well, you know, the earth is something, something. I can tell you the story if you want. Yeah, tell me the story. Oh, my God. Really? She's the most vapid, empty vessel of a character. It's it's so frustrating. It is. It, I mean, she seems hell-bent on deliberately putting herself in horrible positions and making him get her out of it. And not in like a... Not in I mean, the way that you would normally. No, that's forgive. what I really noticed about it too. Is it's it's basically doing set pieces for Channing Tatum to rescue her, right? Because Channing Tatum's character would go away for ten, fifteen, twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and then she would marry some guy, and then he'd have to come in at the last second to yeah save her, and then and then they do the same sequence again, the exact same sequence again, right? Like yeah. the the marriage thing is about like oh it's this contract or whatever, and he gets into his robot ship and jumps down because he's got to get there before she gets married, and he just barely gets there beforehand, and then after she's done, she's like, "Get me out of here! I want to go home." And they go back to her house, and then she goes and meets the other dude, and then it's right before she signs his contract. The guy's going to make her sign the contract, but Channing Tatum's got to jump into his robot ship and fly down there and save her and yeah. stop her from doing it. Like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. it's just... The the frustrating thing about this is that there's actually some really cool ideas, and the, the some of the world seems like a neat thing. It is. But the problem is that there's just so much of it. It's like... There's so much stuff they're trying to show you and tell you about this world and how cool it is and how complex the universe is that honestly, everything that's actually important, which is the characters, just falls flat on its face. There's just no soul here. And it it doesn't seem like it's evil enough. For, For the characters that harvest planets and kill people, it seems tame and for yeah and that's my biggest problem with the wachowskis lately is you go from something like bound which mm. is a good movie and then you go to the matrix which is which a great is an movie amazing movie and then you follow it up with revolutions and reloaded and which I, like they're not they're not what i wanted but they're they're pretty awesome action sequences yeah. and there's some stuff in there and, i really like there's ideas you, i think are cool speed racer has some okay things but it's oh, I, if you tell me so okay. yeah and then Cloud Atlas is just a mess too. Yeah, but it's an ambitious mess. It's yeah. it's it's trying to do something I, you know, big I'm, and crazy. It's weird when I was watching the movie, my brain was wandering because the movie is meh. Right. And I Mine said, too. how many times do the Wachowskis have to make mistakes before they're not given this kind of budget? Well, here's the thing: this movie's probably going to make a lot of money. And I say that because I think overseas this movie oh, yeah. will do really well because it's a fucking anime. That's what it is. Like, it's just chock full of weird I mean, it, shit. I think visually it's really cool. There's, I mean... There's so many stupid cliche puns oh, and, yeah. like, uh, just seems Remember when she took out so uh, uh, a maxi pad and put it on him because he was bleeding? <sighs> so, here's what's frustrating. I think... I think that this movie needed to be read by someone other than the Wachowskis just once. Just once. Because I don't know how you write a script where one of your two main villains... Okay, so we're getting into spoilers here. The movie ends with Channing Tatum, who is a half-dog angel who lost his wings, fighting a dragon. But I was bored. Mm -hmm. Like, that should be impossible. Yeah. Like, because 
it's kind of cool, but the action scenes aren't actually built that well here. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing... Really the, incoherent. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll get to... There's another one that's just... It's just abrasive how incoherent it is. But the last thing that the dragon thing says before it gets killed is, you hurt me, I'm going to make you regret it. I don't know how you could write that in a script and hand that to anyone and they would tell you Mm. that that was good. And they wouldn't write it, hand it back to you and go, you need a better line than that. And that's like half the dialogue in this movie. And there's there's really neat ideas and and little things that like little pieces of dialogue and little character moments that could have been cool. Um, like I, I, was, I think actually, I don't think, I think Eddie Redmayne's pretty good in it. Yeah. You know, cause he has an interesting, uh, way of talking mm-hmm. and he has that his regalness cool. to him, you know, yes. where, and his speeches are not, not the worst. No. And it's because he's, he's such a great actor. I think yeah. that's why he can elevate it. But you know, it's the whole thing too. I'm watching it and, I'm I'm thinking, you know, one of the pilots was this elephant dude. Yeah. And the, the lady's like, get us out of here. It's like, Rawr! in a movie like Guardians of the Galaxy, I bought it. In this movie, I don't buy it. Well, in ton- tonally, it's just distracting. Because all of a sudden, you're like, but there's an elephant. Yeah. You know, it takes you out of the experience. Um, whereas when they do weird stuff like that in Guardians of the Galaxy, it's, they, they, they lead you into it a little bit better. Yeah. You know, they give you excuses for it better. Because, you know, it, there is a movie in here I think that could be cool. Absolutely. I, if, like, if you if you just took Eddie Redmayne's character where he's harvesting planets mm-hmm. to make himself younger through killing people and using their genetics, I think is a great yeah. idea. Yeah, take Titus out completely. Yeah. Just have him have a sister. Yeah. And I, you I, have him with the, like, I thought, you know, the dinosaur dragon things were cool. Yeah. But the, the, the genetic altering or the, the like... The whole genetic thing about her coming back and being his mom or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. Like, seems fine. There's just too many There's too many distractions. Yeah, and that's um, the thing is, I mean, why is Channing Tatum half wolf and half person? And then they they say, oh, he's a lycanthrop. Yeah. I, it's not, not even, lycanthrop. It's, yeah. yeah it's something weird. And he... It, there are whole lines of dialogue. Yeah, sorry. And no, it's you're fine. It, but it just gets to a point where it gets stupid because he'll he'll say, you know, he's fighting things and he does a stupid like wolf growl, and, and it just takes me out of the movie. Yeah. And plus, he so they take Jupiter away and he runs up and he grabs onto the spaceship mm-hmm. and it goes away, and then the next scene he's still hanging on the outside of the spaceship. Yeah. And he's okay, and then. He's killed by sending him out into the void, but he just flew into space on the side of the spaceship. I, I get it. Yeah. I, I can prove to you that this, this movie is dog shit. And the way that I'm going to do that is You don't this. have to convince me, so, <laughs> so there is this last scene, right, where mm-hmm. uh, Eddie Redmayne is like, Jupiter's beating the shit out of him. And, oh, don't, uh, uh, again, and he's, like, scene. he's like... Do you you know what? Do you remember what you said to me right before I killed you the first time? And he says, "You said you hated your life." Now, okay, it's a it's a dog shit scene. Like it doesn't work. It's not very interesting. But the idea is cool. Mm-hmm. So if you'd taken that speech and added it to the speech earlier, where yeah. he was explaining to her like the whole universe yeah. is one big economy, 
and you have to do this because the truth is you hated your life. When she says to him, yeah. like, is that why you killed me the last time? Exactly. And he, that's when he should have said, you don't understand. You hated your your life before. But here's the thing. So, so that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And it's even cooler when you go back to the fact that the first thing that we see her do is she's waking up every morning and she's saying, I hate my life. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you do have this throughput yeah. or this, this through line that actually makes for an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Except for the fact that you're so fucking stupid that you made it like – like this really tongue-in-cheek, unbelievable, cartoonish life that she has back on Earth, where she's like a part of this big Russian family that has these weird problems that don't seem real at all, right? Like, no, that character should have been somebody that we honestly, like, we looked at their life and genuinely thought this was somebody who is depressed. And then somehow against all odds, gets sucked into this world and gets to this point later on where she meets this guy and he says, look, you've lived a thousand, thousand years before and you were never happy. So even with your whatever is left on your of your life on Earth that was depressing for you before, you will absolutely never find anything of worth in it. So you might as well just give up because the whole universe is one giant economy that's going to roll over on you. Yeah. And that idea is really neat. And the, the, the seed of that idea is in the movie, but they have no fucking clue how to execute on it because no one ever read the script and went, this is dog shit. Yeah. And, <clears throat> you know, the movie was delayed and... When the movie opens and she's doing voiceover and it's all exposition, I said, oh, oh that's gosh. why the movie is delayed. Because uh, they had to go back and have Mila Kunis like, explain to you in. what the shit is going to exactly. happen Where I don't think you actually needed it. I think if no. they just had the opening with her mom and her dad and did it. Too, but you brought up this scene. I have a problem. And I'm not saying every female has to be a hero. But that she always has to be saved. And... And here's I have always have a problem too, when the hero isn't allowed to vanquish a villain. Mm-hmm. You know she's kicking the crap out of him. And she's like, oh whatever, and then he falls to his death. Yeah, I'm like, just end it. Yeah, he's and she does it a couple of times. Yeah, he's literally going to kill you. She does it at Titus too. Like mm-hmm. where that should have been a scene where that should have been a turning point where Titus turns on her and. Channing Tatum gets there and he's like, can I kill him? And she should just go, yep. And we just blast his head off. You're yeah. like, fuck. You know, like all of a sudden this you, the, this character starts to get fleshed out more. Um, but that whole, I mean, the whole section with Titus is is just incomprehensible. That character, it's not just that she doesn't save herself. It's that she continually makes the stupidest qu- choices yeah. right like she like the whole thing to marry titus it's like every uh, choice she makes she has like 15 minutes to make it and she always makes it poorly yeah right like if she's really like a queen of the universe just how come no. she can't be like yeah i don't want to do that yeah. you know how come then, she can't be like oh you want to save the universe cool let's save the universe together that too or if she's so she rules the universe and yeah, sort of yeah so if well, she brings up all these things. You can't do this. You can't do that. She knows all these yeah, monarch all sudden, rules, she, but then... What the fuck? But if she was to say, okay, sweet, so Channing Tatum's cane is my personal bodyguard, so you can't take him. Right. Yeah. The, <laughs> end, end of story. Yeah. Like, 
No, she just makes she continually. And makes I think that's why stupidest I had choices. such a hard time with her at the end. Yeah, she just makes so many bad choices, and then you know you have it. And I hate when people have a chance to vanquish the bad guy, and they they don't because I think they neuter heroes where mm-hmm. they're saying, "Oh, it's it's a ninety Spider Man syndrome mm-hmm. where the villain will always beat themselves." Yes, I don't like that. Right. I'm not it saying you have. I'm not message. saying you have to kill the villain, right? But just to hit him a couple times with a pipe, and then he has a monologue, and then he falls. I mean, at least at least defeat him with your words. Yeah. Right. Not just be like, you know, I don't really care. And then yeah, there's weird tonal things in the movie. I mean, we're going all oh, over yeah. the place. Like no, no. the DMV part. I was I mean, just gonna say, yeah, like there's all of a sudden there's like a hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy yeah. satire about this bureaucracy. Yeah. What the fuck? Like what? Why? Mm-hmm. It just, oh man, this movie, even the score. Oh, it was I, obnoxious. I hate to say it because it's a Michael Giacchino score. It's obnoxious. But yeah, it's just noise. It sounds like kind of just just a manic version of the um, the Romulan score from the first Star Trek movie. And here's the um, thing: is he probably wasn't inspired when he saw the movie either. No, I, why? Here's the thing: like. A lot of times, the, the way that they will actually compose that music is they will get to see some of the movie mm-hmm. and try to match tonally something to it, you know. So you watch, you watch uh, John Williams conduct to like a Star Wars movie, and he's got the movie behind him, yeah, and he's watching it and conducting along with the scene, so that that way he kind of gets the pacing and all yeah. that stuff. But this movie's so manic. I mean, take for example the the scene. When Channing Tatum is going to go save her from getting married for no fucking reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ship releases all these mines into space. And then Channing Tatum jumps into his, like, his, like, he and he and the guy who's named after a bumblebee jump into, like, their, their spaceman <laughs> ship things. Uh, and they're going to fight through the thing. Or through through all these mines. It It's so poorly shot and choreographed, and yeah, you know, it's unwatchable. When I watch it, I'm like, what is even the point of all those things, just so they have something to shoot? Right, and and you just can't tell what you're looking at. Like, it's this movie makes Transformers 4 look concise, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, <laughs> no, you're not. I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I, about it, it. says, yeah, there's some shots. In Transformers 4, at least I always knew what was going on. Right, whereas here, I don't think there's a single action scene in this movie that I really thought, that was cool. And it's a shame when you come from something where the Wachowskis can direct action. You know, it's yeah. in the Matrix they let things breathe. And right. again, I that's what I mean when I say how many more times do they have to make movies like this when they stop giving them money like this? Right. Because the first Matrix wasn't a big budgeted movie. No, but they've also made so much money on those movies that they. Well, yeah, up... they've made. I think each one of those made a billion dollars. Yeah, and that's the thing is that like if you look at it, they're like the main two producers on the movie. Yeah. So they're bankrolling a large section of it. And Cloud Atlas, I believe, if I remember, actually did make a lot of money internationally. It like, only made $27 million here. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I <sighs> You go in a movie and you think it's going to be a mess and you hope it's not. Because like, here's the thing is because of what the Wachowskis have done, I give them benefits of the doubt. Yes. Where it says, you know what? Cloud Atlas I might not have liked, but there's moments in Cloud Atlas I loved. And it And it's... It's trying for something yeah. huge, you know, like I'm always kind of rooting for them because they're always, they always want to do something big and cool, Yeah, you know? And so I always want them to succeed. Yeah. I, I told Ryan right before the movie, I was like, I, I really just want, cause I'd heard that there were, that the movie had problems. 
um, and that it was kind of, that it was messy is what I'd heard. Um, and I told him, I was like, I just want like a pretty good sci-fi action movie mm-hmm. with some, with, you know, throwing some silly saga stuff, or yeah. just, you know, space drama stuff, but you know, just give me something kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And, I wasn't expecting to be this frustrated yeah. by it. Uh, the special effects look really good in it. Yeah, uh, yeah, for the most part. I mean, uh, there's the, a lot of there's a lot of green screen stuff that doesn't. Yeah, the green. I'm not talking about that, but I mean, I think the 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 dinosaur dragon guys looked really cool. Yeah, um, uh, that yeah, the worlds space, looked really nice. All of the stuff with Jupiter. Yeah, the, the planets. Not but the uh, then you know you fall into the thing where when he's sky surfing looks horrible. Yeah, this is way too much composite. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Jupiter is such an obnoxious character that honestly, near the end, like even the fact that it was Mia Kunis, I was still like, I don't really want to look at you anymore. <laughs> like you're just frustrating when you're on screen, right? And now. they had weird angles too. There's some that are like so close to their face. It's driving me crazy. <sighs> but like the idea of the idea of a like some kind of city hidden inside of Jupiter is cool yeah and like there's a gravity thing and it gets broken and then all the gas from jupiter starts seeking in that's cool build an action scene around that Mm -hmm. like really an action scene not just this muddy hard to look at nonsense (laughs) it's funny too when she was running away and fire was shooting up i kept on thinking of super mario brothers because fire like would shoot up from the ground oh my god it's it's a shame that these guys created what is honestly, I think, one of the most uh, important... These people. Okay. There's one girl and one guy now. So Right. Okay. Sorry. So the <laughs> Wachowskis created what I, I genuinely believe is one of the most important action movies of all time. Mm-hmm. And they make a movie this year with this kind of a budget that they've spent years making, and not a single one of those action sequences is as good as whatever the worst action sequence in Guardians of the Galaxy is. <laughs> Like, Darn. what the fuck? I agree. Uh, it's disappointing. Maybe yeah. the next time. Yeah. I haven't been this frustrated and disappointed since I Frankenstein. <laughs> well, you didn't see Mordecai, so. That's true. <laughs> oh, my uh, gosh. It's been a really tough couple of weeks. Oh, man. But, hey, next week should get better. Uh, we're seeing The Kingsman. Yeah. Which is getting really good reviews. Yeah. So, uh, I, hopefully it'll be fun. I always like Matthew Vaughn. Me too. Well, I, I, I don't remember uh, Brad not liking X Men First Class. What do you not are like you about me? it? Yeah, I don't remember it all. Oh, dude, it was like the first big fight of this podcast. It was the first movie we ever. It reviewed. was also the first podcast. But yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that was a I'll like, listen to it. I don't remember. It was a multi week argument. Um, he thought that the uh, he thought that they wrapped basically wrapped up the ending way too quickly. Mm. Like he does, he didn't like that all of a sudden they were in. Um, that they were in a wheelchair. Hmm. He he pretty much wanted them to drag the Magneto um, and Xavier. and Xavier like argument and relationship out longer, um, which they ended up doing. Yeah, right? oh, yeah. Like <laughs> the so, future pass is great. Yeah, he was wrong. Yeah, but. <laughs> and he's not here to defend himself. So fuck him. Nope. Yeah, fuck him. Uh, so yeah, uh, if you have anything you want to say to us, make sure you send those in. Yeah. Um, go to the Alamo. Go to the Alamo. Go to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to buy movies from Amazon, use a link from Digital Bits. It helps support them. Yeah. And uh, go see go see Jean Claude Van Damme's Dan Van at the at the Alamo next Sunday. Yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely, go see that because 
It'll be fine. It's only a dollar. Yeah. Come on. There's worse things for a dollar. Trust me. Yeah. Like like a disease. Yeah. And you can get that shit for free. Uh huh. <laughs> Bye. Bye. John Claude Van Damme's down Van. In the most corrupt city in America, Mayor Thomas Knob is king. I own this city! But he's about to get Van Damme. What is that problem? We have a new one. Oh my gosh. From the producers of Thunderbolt. Get the damn van! Jean-Claude Van Damme's damn van. Visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com. You can tweet us at real underscore nerds. You can email us even, realnerds at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Hey, stream us on Stitcher. You want to call us? 720-6nerds5 and download us on iTunes. Just search Real Nerds. Thank you, Joe Kempter, for the wonderful voiceover. And also, Spark Mandrill, for the wonderful late-night jazz smooth sounds of movies. You can find them on SoundCloud. This has been a Nebulous Visions production.